Any and all views expressed on the devil and the details are entirely my own. While I am a member of the Church of Satan, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Welcome to The Devil in the Details, the show where we talk about skepticism from a satanic perspective. I'm your host, the satanic skeptic. The belief in a widespread conspiracy involving satanic cults and the affluent kidnapping and sexually abusing children is nothing new or unique to QAnon. Occasionally, accusations against the elite turn out to be true, like in the case with Jeffrey Epstein and the long list of clients on his Lolita Express. When it comes to stories of satanic ritual abuse, however, there's never been a documented case with evidence to support them. Most of the better-known cases have come to be regarded as instances of moral panic, but one has managed to capture public interest and maintain an aura of mystique for decades after being officially closed. The case involved a commune known as the Finders back in the late 80s, wherein the group was suspected of child abuse and human trafficking. Since this was at the height of the satanic panic, it didn't take long for rumors to begin spreading that the group were really a satanic cult guilty of ritual sacrifice. When the finders were cleared of wrongdoing, accusations began to emerge that they were actually a front for a covert CIA operation into mind control, and that the CIA had intervened to prematurely stop the investigation. For decades, these rumors have persisted, until, that is, 2019, when the FBI released a 324-page file including redacted memos, police reports, search warrant affidavits, and FBI field office reports. Did these declassified documents, hidden behind a wall of secrecy for over three decades, provide definitive, smoking-gun proof that the finders were a covert, CIA-fronted, psychops, dabbling and brainwashing and child trafficking? No, of course not. But that hasn't stopped conspiracy theorists from persisting in that belief. So, let's talk about who exactly were the Finders, and why they've garnered the reputation that they have. Founded in Washington, D.C. by G. Marion Petty, the Finders were described as a school which operates on the principle that life is a series of games. To play the games, a person must follow the rules by acting a certain way in every situation. The actual date of the group's founding seems to be a matter of dispute. According to AP News, it was the 1960s. While the Orlando Sentinel claimed that, according to former members, the commune in Washington grew out of the human potential movement of the 1970s. The lifestyle of the group was described as being communal, wherein Petty and his followers agreed in about 1980 that they should start a new generation of children and raise them in an experimental way. The biological parents would not raise them, the group would. The Finders may have remained an obscure alternative lifestyle community were it not for the events of February 4, 1987. As the Tallahassee Democrat reported, an anonymous tipster called the Tallahassee Police Department about two well-dressed men with six unkempt children in Myers Park. The story of the two men, identified as Douglas Emmerman and James Michael Holwell, also known as Mike Houlihan, gave to police was treated with suspicion. Emmerman and Holwell said they were taking the children to a school for gifted youngsters in Mexico. Their mothers, allegedly, were in Washington. As police continued questioning them both, according to the arrest report authored by Officer Troy Mashburn, 
Hallwell fell face down on the ground and refused to stand up. Ammerman and Hallwell were arrested on misdemeanor charges of child abuse. Since there was a possibility the children may have been kidnapped and transported across state lines, the Tallahassee Police Department contacted the Jacksonville headquarters of the FBI to conduct a joint investigation. Almost immediately, lurid headlines began running in newspapers across the country that the Finders were a satanic cult. After Tallahassee police received an anonymous tip that the Finders were brainwashing children, using them in rituals, and that human remains might be buried at a Virginia farm, the Metropolitan Police Department executed a court-ordered excavation of a Virginia property and a search of a warehouse in Washington, D.C., both owned by the Finders. Ultimately, police found no bodies. A signed affidavit filed in Madison County Circuit Court by a County Commonwealth Attorney Carolyn Watts stated that among material confiscated from the warehouse owned by the Finders was a photo album which included a series of photos which were deemed pornographic, and others which showed three children and three robed men killing and mutilating goats. According to the Washington Post, D.C. police were treating this as evidence of cult rituals. Though unusual, according to the Finders, they were simply butchering livestock. Rosalind Bentley of Tallahassee Democrat quoted a former finder, whose name was given by the Associated Press as R. Gardner Terrell, as explaining, They wanted to impress upon them the seriousness of slaughtering an animal. Charles Vaughn, a spokesman for the Virginia State Police, said the photograph showed no evidence of criminal wrongdoing, that an investigation begun the year prior had failed to substantiate allegations of child abuse, and that there was no evidence to support an anonymous tip that the group engaged in satanic rituals. Furthermore, when the children's mothers were found, they corroborated Ammerman and Hallwell's story and dismissed any such accusations. This thing has gotten totally blown out of proportion, one of the women said as they held up the photographs retrieved from the D.C. warehouse. Here's the pornography, said another, holding up a picture of a pair of babies splashing in a bathtub. On February 6th, Anne Lindgring of the Cult Awareness Network contacted the Tallahassee Democrat to say that she had never heard of the group engaging in satanic rituals or occult practices. Before even consulting medical experts, the police made the mistake of introducing the narrative that the children had been sexually abused. On February 7th, the Washington Post quoted Tallahassee police spokesman Scott Hunt as stating that one of the children, a six-year-old girl, showed signs of sexual abuse. However, three days later, the New York Times reported that Washington Police Chief Maurice T. Turner Jr. said at a news conference that there was no evidence of criminal activity. Additionally, there was no forensic evidence to suggest sexual abuse. Dr. Naman Greenberg, a Chicago psychiatrist hired by the Florida Department of Health and Rehabilitative Services to examine the children, said the children were suffering some depression and other psychological traumas, but that he did not know if the problems were long-term and caused by the children's upbringing, or temporary and caused by what they had been through just before being found. Greenberg also stated that there were no signs of recent sexual or physical abuse. Despite this, newspapers continued to print false information. One of the February 15 articles covering the finders in the Tallahassee Democrats stated, Tallahassee police were saying that more than one of the children had been sexually abused, while also claiming that state social service officials had concluded the physical evidence was consistent with sexual abuse, but not definitive. Even a single publication couldn't keep their story straight. By March 17th, both Ammerman and Hallwell were released from the custody of the Tallahassee Police Department for lack of evidence. The children were returned to their mothers, and the whole thing was dismissed as a terrible misunderstanding made worse by miscommunication and sensationalism. 
Our story would have ended there were it not for U.S. Customs Special Agent Ramon Martinez. Martinez and Senior Special Agent Bob Harold had assisted in executing the search warrants on the finder's property. Martinez claimed in a memorandum that numerous documents were discovered which appeared to be concerned with international trafficking in children, high-tech transfer to the United Kingdom, and international transfer of currency. After multiple attempts to review this evidence, including arranging a meeting with Metropolitan Police Detective James Bradley, Martinez claimed he was told by an unnamed third party, believed by independent journalist Elizabeth Voss to have been uh, Metropolitan Police Department Sergeant John Stitcher, that all the passport data had been turned over to the State Department, that the investigation into the finders had become a CIA internal matter, and that the Metropolitan Police Department report had been classified secret and was not available for review. Enter Henry T. Skip Clements. Clements is an investor and former officer in a private sector consulting business in Stewart that taught companies how to prevent industrial espionage, who became aware of the finders through consulting in the investigation of James Toward, the owner of a Glendale Montessori school that had become embroiled in accusations of child sex abuse and child trafficking. Clements believed that Toward and his activities were, somehow, related to the human trafficking the finders were accused of. Clements maintained that the DC warehouse which was raided was a totally equipped pornography production studio and that the investigation led by U.S. Customs was shut down by the CIA. This despite the fact that Clements himself was never there, nor directly involved in the investigation. Clements somehow obtained a copy of the report authored by Ramon Martinez, and years later, in October 1993, met with United States Congressman Charlie Rose and Tom Lewis to encourage a second look at the case. At the prompting of the two congressmen, the Justice Department opened an investigation both into the finders and of the 1987 investigation. That's an investigation of the investigation. Once more, the finders were declared not guilty of any criminal wrongdoing, and the Department of Justice ruled there was no evidence of a cover-up. The CIA denied any involvement with the finders, claiming an indirect, tangential association in which a firm that provided computer training to CIA officers also employed several members of the finders. Marion Petty, however, suggested another link that was more intriguing. He told U.S. News that the CIA's interest in the finders may stem from the fact that his late wife once worked for the agency, and that his son worked for a CIA proprietary firm, Air America. Which brings us to the release of the FBI report. Once again, the conclusion was that the finders were a relatively harmless, if somewhat negligent, bunch of hippies with no direct ties to the CIA, and that the CIA had no involvement or interest in obstructing any investigation into the finders. The only source contradicting this official narrative seemed to have been Customs Special Agent Martinez. Although he wasn't the only one present during the raid on both the Finder's Washington, D.C. warehouse and the property in Virginia, he is the only one on record who claims to have seen the evidence of their illegal activities. Now, if it was the case that the Finders were engaged in trafficking and abusing children, and the evidence was clear and abundant, why didn't more agents come forward? For that matter, why didn't any of the children, or any of the former finders who had left the organization but were willing to speak to journalists and the police, why didn't they come forward with the truth? If there really was a CIA cover-up, why would they have allowed Agent Martinez, let alone Skip Clements, two people, to bring so much attention to the case? They could shut down an entire FBI joint investigation, but they couldn't make two people shut the fuck up? 
The documents contained within the FBI vault file on the finders contradict many of the more serious allegations that Martinez and Clements have made. Multiple officers are on record as denying interference from outside organizations. For example, there's a November 16, 1993 FBI memo in which Tallahassee Police Chief Mel Tucker stated, There was never any outside agency, either in or outside the United States intelligence community, who contacted anyone in this department with an attempt to influence in any way their investigation of the Finders group. That said, one of the more interesting rumors has been corroborated. Isabel Petty, the late wife of Marion Petty, was in fact an employee of the CIA from roughly 1952 to 1961, and did have passports to restricted countries such as China, North Korea, North Vietnam, and Russia. Much of the FBI documents are heavily redacted, or still marked secret, making a full account of the investigation impossible. Furthermore, according to the report, photographs and descriptions of the evidence, which were either destroyed or returned to their respective owners, have gone missing over the years and are unaccounted for. Ultimately, there just isn't enough evidence to say conclusively whether or not the finders had any direct ties to the CIA, or whether or not they were engaged in criminal activity. What we can conclude, based on lack of evidence and sufficient explanation from key witnesses, is that the Finders were not some sort of satanic cult and were in no way whatsoever involved in the religion of Satanism. What is clear from reading through the various documents is that the Finders were a group of exceptionally intelligent, if eccentric, individuals. They were telecommunicating via linked computer terminals and phone lines years before the internet went public something that would have been extremely difficult for the average person, lacking the technical skill and knowledge, to do so. Although remarkable, none of this is proof that the finders were doing anything illegal, let alone as reprehensible as trafficking and abusing children. Ultimately, the full story will likely never be known given the lack of evidence and redactions. However, given what we do know, it seems this story is likely what CIA spokesperson Dave Christian said it was back in 1993. I think of it as a nothing burger. If you like this episode and want to hear more, you can check out The Devil in the Details on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast. Manifest this episode into your podcast app of choice. If you want to join the fight against misinformation and pseudoscience, and if you're listening to this podcast, you really should, I'd like to make a few suggestions. First, consider donating to the Advocacy for Alleged Witches group led by Leo Igwe. You'll be helping support advocacy and assistance for victims of witchcraft persecution in Africa. You can donate through the PayPal account of Humanists International in the UK. You only need to instruct that it be sent to the Advocacy for Alleged Witches. Second, please consider donating to the Center for Inquiry, the parent organization for the magazine I write for, Skeptical Inquirer. You'll be supporting me by proxy. For just $5 a month, you can get advanced invitations to events hosted by the Center for Inquiry, pre-sale tickets, and special discounts, and you'll receive the quarterly newsletter, Free Thought in Action. If you can spare $10 a month, you'll get all of the above, plus, plus, both a digital and print subscription to either magazine of your choice. Free Inquiry, the magazine for humanism, atheism, and all those living without religion, or Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine that I write for, which is committed to science, skepticism, and investigation. If you have any questions or would like to shoot me a line, you can reach me on Facebook at The Devil in the Details. My handle is Satanic Skeptic. 
maybe consider subscribing to the podcast, liking the Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram, and you can check out the articles that I write for Skeptical Inquirer at skepticalinquirer.org, or for more pop culture-related skepticism at aiptcomics.com. Until then, the devil of doubt calls forth mankind to challenge all things, question all things. May the Luciferian light of reason guide you on your way ever forward. Hail science. Hail reason. Hail Satan. Satan.